0: I told you they are going to have another crack, another serious crack at bringing in hate speech laws in New Zealand. They've been seeding it for months through the media. 18 months ago, they failed, and they are now gearing gearing up for another go at it. We already have, I think it's NetSafe and other certain agreements with between them and and various social media companies. But now it is the push to make this. Law, So we're going to go into that, we're going to go into Jacinda Ardern's response to Elon Musk taking over Twitter, we'll go into the Christchurch call, and a very concerning video that the New Zealand Security Intelligence Service put out to do with, well, terrorism and things like misinformation. So we're going to go into all of that, but first as always, welcome to the Arriving Somewhere with Matt J podcast, commentary, comedy and conversation please remember to like share subscribe comment and all of that and and more any other positive thing you can think of and, and actually just quickly speaking of subscribing the best thing to do wherever you're listening to this obviously it's fantastic if you if you subscribe but uh, the substack arriving somewhere.substack.com is still the best place to subscribe because that gives me a little bit more of uh, protection from being deplatformed or or whatever, and who knows? Sometime in the future, I may have to put certain episodes uh, for mem- for members only because of what's happening in this country. It's very very concerning. But uh, yeah, if you if you get if you want to subscribe on Substack, yay! Two thumbs up. Now, just very briefly, because I just want to do a quick update on cloud seeding, geoengineering, weather modification, whatever you want to call it. Because I didn't know this. So this is a short article from the Business Insider from January 27th, 2015. A luxury, a luxury travel company promises a perfect rain-free wedding day for $100,000. Uh, luxury travel company Oliver's Travels is offering a perfect wedding day package to high-end customers that promises to control the weather for just over $100,000. To guarantee a sunny wedding day, the company employs a team of expert meteorologists and pilots to fly aircrafts above the clouds to seed them with silver iodide, which causes the rain clouds to burst and disappear. The technique is a form of weather modification called cloud seeding, which was developed in the late 1940s, according to Oliver's travels. Cloud seeding was used during the 2008 Summer Olympics in Beijing to prevent rain during the opening and closing ceremonies, it was also used for the duke and duchess of cambridge's wedding in 2012 according to the telegraph but now the service is available to the masses so if you if you're wealthy you can have a sunny day whenever you want really just pay for it whereas the rest of us can just deal with the grey the grey skies and the in the rain and the drizzle now oliver bell co-founder of oliver's travels told the telegraph we pride ourselves on our innovative approach and are thrilled to be able to offer such an unusual, unique service to our customers to ensure their wedding is the talk of the town. <laughs> it would certainly be, I'd certainly be talking about it if I found out that I was at a wedding that decided to control the weather. Uh, the company insists that its cloud setting technique can 100% guarantee fair weather and clear skies for your wedding day. I just wanted to add that in, something I hadn't actually heard of for weddings, and just another another piece of evidence for Those weather modification sceptics that you may have in your life. Okay, now let's get to the main topic. Hate speech laws, misinformation, disinformation. All of that amazing stuff that's very, very good for a society. So, from News Hub in in New Zealand. uh, Jacinda Ardern responds to Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter after a report labels disinformation as one of New Zealand's top concerns. Ardern, Jacinda Ardern, she has called on new Twitter owner, Elon Musk, to stick strongly to the principles of transparency <laughs> as, he, as he cements control over the social media behemoth. Uh, quote, I will use that as our starting point, but it is fair to say we are in a bit of unknown territory at this point, Ardoon said on Tuesday, hours after Musk dissolved Twitter's board and a day after spreading false information on the platform about Nancy Pelosi's husband. The government... The New Zealand government released its draft national security long term insights briefing on Tuesday morning, which revealed what threats New Zealanders are most worried about. Miss and disinformation were among the top concerns. In fact, one in four people felt that miss and disinformation was the greatest threat to them and their families. We are particularly concerned about the challenge of disinformation as we see this exacerbating a number of national security issues, Ardern said in a speech at a terrorism hui. It is impacting liberal democracies worldwide, eroding trust in institutions and our ability to respond to it as a society is being tested. E- eroding trust in institutions? I thought you were doing that yourself. The one source of truth, that that erodes trust in an institution, well we're not allowed to question you, because you have all the facts and we just blindly follow. <sighs> anyway, so it does say, as one of New Zealand's top concerns, but The the whole argument there is, okay. I might actually agree with you on there, but my concern is the mainstream media, is the government, is the global elites spreading mis- and disinformation. Now, you might think it's, it's podcasters or bloggers or people on social media. So is there a concern about it? Sure. But to me, that's called propaganda coming from those in charge as the main threat. Now, the article goes on, it says Ardern said the government is committed to tackling the threat of disinformation, including on social media through the Christchurch call. Now, if you haven't heard of the Christchurch call, I'll go over that briefly in just one tick. Uh, Following her speech, Ardern was asked whether she is concerned that Musk owning Twitter may um, may impact New Zealand's work with the platform. It says uh, She said Twitter is one of the organisations that has been deeply involved in the Christchurch call to action and to date has been a really constructive partner. While I haven't had an opportunity to engage directly with Mr Musk, I think the point I would make here is that social media and platforms like, like Twitter have a huge responsibility. They can be a force for democracy, a force for connection and for good, but misuse can do a huge amount of harm. A force for democracy? How's it a force for democracy when you're deplatforming people just... For questioning, oh, because we're not allowed to question the science, are we? We cannot question the science, even though it has recently come out that certain medicines weren't actually tested for whether they would prevent the spread of infection. And I mean, we weren't even, we weren't even allowed to. Well, we could, but you would be punished. Say things like, uh, "Do these companies have have any liability here, or they don't? They're not liable for any." Anything going wrong with experimental medicines? Meanwhile, we watched uh, long-used and uh, some of the safest medicines and drugs that we know of being smeared in the media. Things like uh, calling it horse medication or fish tank cleaner. Do we remember all of this, or is it just going to be memory hold? So what's the miss and disinformation? What's the biggest threat? Government, mainstream media... And then the the propaganda they spew, or the so-called misdisinformation of people maybe just questioning, those that are concerned that we're losing our God-given rights. Uh, back to the article. The Prime Minister said she hopes Musk would stick strongly to the principle of transparency, as that is one of the things he has claimed he has focused on. Quote, Algorithmic outcomes is an area where we need more transparency. We need more research and we need more insights into the way that people's online experiences are curated. I will use that as our starting point, but it is fair to say we are in a bit of unknown territory at this point. So who gets to curate and what are you going to feed the masses? The point is what's acceptable? What do you you consider extreme and what do you consider normal, kind, caring, empathetic stuff? And ultimately who gets to curate or what they're trying to do? What algorithm ends up being in charge? It's going to come down to an algorithm being set upon us, if we already have them, but uh, is it going to be a government algorithm determining what we see? The Which is apparently what TikTok is about. So on the Western, Western side of things, TikTok feeds us a bunch of absolute nonsense, and supposedly it's a propaganda tool to tear apart the fabric of our Western societies. Meanwhile, in China, TikTok feeds... The, that audience, at specific things like engineering, or Chinese history, or or whatever it is. The point being that these social media companies and these algorithms are, well, they're weapons of war, information war. That's what we're in. And for Ardern to come out and say we're going to, we need to focus on how uh, our experiences uh, online are being curated. For a government to come out and say that and tell us this is what they they're doing. Massive red flags, and just lastly, from this article in September, Ardern announced a joint initiative with the United States and tech companies to establish new software to understand the impact of algorithms on users' online experiences and how algorithms may drive individuals towards terrorist or violent content. Now, going to go over to the Christchurch Call because there is they have a website, Christchurch Call. Dot com. The idea here is to eliminate terrorist and violent extremist content online. Now they call it the Christchurch Call because it was started after the horrific attack in Christchurch from, I can't even remember the year, it was 2019, it was a few few years ago. Uh, but it started very, very quickly after that. Now if you go to their website you will immediately see uh, an image of about 20 or so people and in the front row you have Ardern, you have Macron from France, you have... Mr. Justin Trudeau of Canada and you also have one of New Zealand's Green Party MPs, uh, Gurlitz I don't I even know how to pronounce her name and the Christ, so it says the Christchurch call is a community of over 120 governments, online service providers and civil society organisations acting together to eliminate terrorist and violent extremist content online now look I think that most of you would agree, targeting violent, actual violent extremists, terrorists that are going to or that, are, that are planning to physically harm and or kill others is is a good thing. Surely, I think most of us can agree, the problem becomes that these tools aren't being used for that or aren't just being used for that. Because what gets lumped into so-called violent extremism or, or just extremism, it, this is what we're seeing with the push for hate speech laws and this and misinformation, that language being used everywhere. Because is this going to be used to target political opponents or people that, dissent against whatever the government's pushing—the mandates, the lockdowns, that kind of thing—because ultimately, when it comes down to it, if they if they can outlaw mis and disinformation, they can control what you're saying, which is controlling what you are thinking. It is not—it's overused, but it is 1984 crap. And if you haven't read 1984, you should go read 1984. This is the slippery slope that we are now on. So, France and. New Zealand are the founders of the Christchurch Call, and they say the, as I mentioned, the Christchurch Call arose out of the live streaming of a horrific terrorist event that became the catalyst, the catalyst for global action. Now you can go to the Christchurch Call text and the commitments that they've made. It's uh, there's preamble, government commitments, online service provider commitments. So I won't, I won't read all of this, but I'll go into the government commitments. The governments commit to, the ones that have joined this, commit to counter the drivers of terrorism and violent extremism. That's an interesting word, though. Our drivers, counter the drivers of... And I guess that missing disinformation is being lumped into there. Uh, by strengthening the resilience and inclusiveness of our societies to enable them to resist terrorist and violent extremist ideologies, including through education, building media literacy to help counter distorted terrorist and violent extremist narratives, End the fight against inequality. Uh, What? End the fight against inequality. Again, another red flag whenever that word gets brought up. Uh, Ensure effective enforcement of applicable laws that uh, that prohibit the production of dissemination of terrorist and violent extremist content in a manner consistent with the rule of law and international human rights law, including freedom of expression. It's, uh, It's just all written in a very very muddied, open kind of way. So they have to, enforcement of applicable laws, and this is again where they need to go at hate speech and bring something in to get around it, particularly because in New Zealand, in New Zealand law, in our Bill of Rights, we have the freedom of expression. It says to support frameworks such as industry standards to ensure that reporting on terrorist attacks does not amplify terrorist and violent extremist content without prejudice to responsible coverage of terrorism and violent extremism, a consider appropriate action to prevent the use of online services to disseminate terrorist and violent extremist content, including through collaborative actions such as awareness raising and capacity building aimed at smaller online service providers, a development of industry standards or voluntary frameworks, regulatory or policy measures consistent with a free, open and secure internet and international human rights law. And if you go to things like what the online service providers commit to and it's very similar to what the government has been saying. But the, the whole preamble to this is, a free and open, secure internet is a powerful tool to promote connectivity, enhance social inclusiveness, and foster economic growth. The internet is, however, not immune from abuse by terrorist and violent extremist actors. This was tragically highlighted by the attacks in Christchurch. Um, where are we? Uh, this, the dissemination of such content online has adverse impacts on the human rights of the victims. Significant steps have already been taken to address this issue uh, through things like the European Commission, blah, blah, blah. And and then it says all action on this issue must be consistent with principles of a free, open and secure Internet without compromising human rights and fundamental freedoms, including freedom of expression. Right. Good. Correct. Yes, that's exactly. But (laughs) But when you see countries pushing in so-called hate speech laws. Then that freedom of expression is under threat, and when you're getting banned, shadow banned, deplatformed, losing your job, losing your licenses for being doctors or whatnot, it, for spreading so-called mis and disinformation, you know that we are we are past the the whole oh, it's violent extremism is what we're trying to stop thing. As always, I think that that kind of language is how they push this type of thing, and they tell you. This is what we are trying to stop. This is the awful, awful thing. And we can all go, well, yeah, we don't we don't want that kind of thing. That's we, we disagree with that. Definitely. Okay, I can see where you're coming from. Yep, I support this. But without thinking about where this leads to and without thinking about the nuance and what happens when you give government and other massive organizations this kind of power over us. So when it says an open and secure internet without compromising human rights and fundamental freedoms how well is that going because are you you're allowed freedom of expression it seems if you're on a certain if you agree with certain information or if you agree with certain people you're perfectly fine to have freedom of expression but you see someone else comes into power that's opposite of what you believe all these tools that are implemented can now be used against you as well so you might be celebrating because yay we can stop the the extreme right and all these white supremacists that are roaming around the internet you might think that cool, yeah, all good, until it all flips on you and they and whoever's in charge decides, oh, we, we need to stop the socialists and the communists from being able to comment online. I don't know how people can't see this, unless you think that you'll be, be in power forever, which, uh, well, let's face it, a lot of these people think that they will be in power forever and are trying to accomplish that. Uh, and, and it says also, it must also recognise the internet's ability, the Christchurch call, um and their commitments, it must also recognise the internet's ability to act as a force of, uh, for good, including by promoting innovation and economic development and fostering inclusive societies. All the leftist hype words are all over these types of, of organisations. Now, if I just go back to their homepage, uh, news and updates, Zoom, that's right, Zoom, the the calling app, that how you you, you talk to your your friends, your loved ones, maybe your podcast on it, I don't know. Zoom has joined the Christchurch call, and so has Roblox. Now, I thought Roblox was a a video game, a computer game, whatever you kids are calling those these days. Now, I want to jump from Ardern to the Christchurch call to the New Zealand's uh, Security Intelligence Service, because this video says it all. Now, I posted it to my Instagram page, that's arriving somewhere. Uh, with Matt J on Instagram, if you want to give us a follow. I posted this video, it's coming out of, I think it's from News Hub in New Zealand, but yes, it's a video that the New Zealand Security Intelligence Service gave a press conference, and this is what they said. It's basically shortened to NZSIS, is New Zealand's primary national intelligence agency. And the lead, the lead lady, is currently Rebecca Kitteridge. So I'll just play you some of this video
1: initiative to help us identify people who may have been radicalized
2: know the signs details dozens of indicators that a friend or family member could be planning a terror attack as adam hollingworth reports the move comes as our spy chiefs identify a new and worrying type of terrorism
1: time was when the intelligence services were never seen never heard but now they're loudly proclaiming your country needs you to keep an eye on those you know, and if necessary, dob them in.
2: Recognising a potential warning sign, and then alerting NZSAS or police, could be the vital piece in the puzzle. That...
0: That's right. Dobbin, your friends and family, that's what it sounds like, that they're pushing. Where have we seen this before? Every tyrannical <laughs> dictatorship that you've ever heard of in, in recent history? Probably. It's, it's, we're not allowed to talk about it are we We're not allowed to compare things to atrocities of the past That's definitely not happening here At all Not, um, It's definitely not happening Okay, Don't even consider comparing that That's a disgusting thing to do Anyway back to the video
1: Ultimately saves lives To that end they're publishing a guide called Know the signs To help us all identify potential terrorists In our midst
0: That's right know the signs coming out of the NZSIS because you might not know the signs of somebody acting like a violent extremist or using particular language, because, you know, they, that's, how they, that's how they suck you in. I don't think it's got anything to do with mandates and the Voldemort virus stuff from the government. I don't think it's got anything to do with that, guys. But let's just play the video. We'll find out.
2: To pay attention if they are, and to be alert, so that if they see or hear about something that seems off um, that worries them and concerns them. They might have a look at this information to say, does this indicate to me that this person is on the road to actually committing an attack?
1: The SIS has listed around 50 signs from obvious ones, like writing on a weapon as happened in Christchurch, to a
2: person who is, who is really developing an us-versus-them worldview.
1: Authorities say they're usually closely monitoring 40 to 50 potential terrorists. These people used to be motivated by their white identity or by their faith but in the past
0: is it white identity or their faith that reminds me of that article coming out of stuff how christian nationalism was the biggest threat to new zealand oh it just seems to be repeated here interesting
1: but in the past six months a third group has emerged those motivated by politics and could be the covid
2: measures that the government took and so it could be the covid measures that the government took or it could be other policies that are interpreted as as infringing on rights uh and 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 it's a what i sometimes describe as a kind of hot mess of, of ideologies and beliefs um fueled by conspiracy theories fueled by conspiracy theories
0: okay so she did mention the Voldemort virus and government mandates and and perceived as <laughs> things perceived as taking away our rights you mean our, our god-given rights maybe freedom of movement freedom of speech body sovereignty you know what we, we can decide what we get and again well you could you could decide it's just that there was punishments if you made the wrong choice well it sounds like extortion to me so like make the right choice or you're punished so you could why were people angry And now are people that are going going to go against the government going to be considered potential terrorist threats because you disagree with what the government's doing or saying or you're going to question that online? You're going to question that we got pushed to take experimental medication and that businesses had to shut down and that we weren't allowed to travel two or three kilometres from our home, more than that, and you forced masks on people, that kind of thing. now, Now is that all going to be lumped into this, you're a potential terrorist threat? It's wild stuff, this. Very, very concerning.
1: The launch of the initiative Know the Signs is an indicator that the security services know that they can't do it alone. They need the help of the public. But to some, the guide is a first step only. How do we upskill
2: those people in our community who are much closer to people who might be potentially radicalised and get them to understand what it is they're seeing? That's our challenge.
0: That last voice you heard was a professor of sociolo- a sociologist professor out of, I think it's, was it somewhere out of Wellington, probably Victoria? But that's Paul Spoonley. Now, I have heard that name before and I've read articles with him. Either he wrote it or he was the focus of it. Sorry, at Massey University. He's he, he, Paul Spoonley, sociologist and professor at Massey University. But I do want to, to delve a little bit deeper into him because uh, that's not what I meant by that. Um, <laughs> but I do want to go into a little bit of more of his background and what he said previously, because yeah, the name rings a bell. And whenever this sort of stuff comes up, uh, his name seems to be involved. A bit like uh, certain epidemiologists during the lockdowns, such as Michael Baker or Susie, old Susie Wiles, who I haven't heard from in quite a while. You, you like that joke? It's, it's a brilliant pun. It's good stuff. I just do that on the fly. That's that's what I'm about. Anyway, I wanted to bring this, this to your attention because now uh, the direction we're going, New Zealand, is not good uh, and we need to push back on that. Now, there are people pushing back on it. So there's a, a website called the fsu.nz. It's the Free Speech Union of New Zealand. I have issues with, with a lot of unions, with a, with a lot of unionised things. When it's a union sticking up for a God-given right such as free speech. um, That is something that I do support. So I'll just read you what they're about. I mean, it's in the name, isn't it? But they said, The New Zealand Free Speech Union is a registered trade union with a mission to fight for, protect, and expand New Zealand's rights for freedom of speech, of conscience, and of intellectual inquiry. We envision a flourishing New Zealand civil society that values and protects vigorous debate, dissenting ideas, and freedom of speech as cultural cornerstones. It says, free speech is the bedrock on which all of our other freedoms rest, yet it is currently in greater peril than at any time since the Second World War. As a trade union, we will promote members' collective employment interests with a particular focus on the protection of their freedom of speech from employee interference. Now, I'm just wondering, like, because, I mean, if you're a podcaster or a, or a video creator or content creator, blogger, whatever, independent journalist if the free speech union is also a good place for you to, to look at, um, to offer some some kind of defence or have a community behind you to, to back you. Uh, might be, it's, it's something I'm looking into anyway and who they are, what they're, uh, who they're funded by, supported by, whatever it is. But yeah, unions I've, I do have my issues with, but again, a God-given right union, as long as that's what it, they're actually promoting, seems to be a good thing. Now, what's good about what they say, if you go to their frequently asked questions, it says, what exactly does the union stand for? It was formed to defend and promote the rights of New Zealanders to uh, freely seek, receive and impart information. Fantastic. To raise understanding among, among New Zealanders of the essential character of freedom of speech, fundamental human right necessary to, to the preservation of, and exercise of other freedoms, bulwark against the, the abuses of power from things like government and Social media companies shutting us down. And they say, freedom of speech is the freedom to profess any idea without fear of being prosecuted or unduly punished for it. It is a direct protection that all people have from government and those in power. This is one of the most essential elements of a free and democratic society. In order for the public discourse to produce the best policies, all ideas must be allowed to be heard. Not only does freedom of speech include the freedom for individuals to speak their minds, but it also includes the right for others to hear them. You have a right to consume any information you wish, with very few exceptions, so that you can make the most informed decisions relevant to your life. No person or group should be able to decide for you. Which is what we saw, isn't it, with them trying to shut down particular information around the Voldemort virus and the medicines. They say that sunlight is the best disinfectant. This is precisely why bad ideas must be heard, so that we know why they are bad. Despite this freedom being one of the most important it is not an absolute right. We have limitations to rights in order to operate in society. There are several categories of speech that are not included in free speech. A direct incentment of violence, defamation, i.e. libel and slander, blackmail, uh, a solicitation to commit a crime, child pornography, perjury, true, ther- uh, true threats, manifestation of violence as a means of, conve- of conveying a message. It says these categories are excluded from freedom of speech because they either cause direct, intentional harm to individuals, unjustly damage an individual's reputation, interfere with a natural course of justice or incite violence or illegal activity by others. Our legal system has developed a thorough way to define these categories fairly. It is through a series of established tests that the criteria for each of these are met. Now I'd I'd recommend reading their frequently asked questions uh, it's it's long but it's very interesting I'll just read this last part It's what is hate speech Hate speech is a purported new addition to the categories of speech Not protected under the umbrella of freedom of speech It includes any speech that demeans or debases a person or group of people Based on their gender, religion, sexual orientation, ethnicity, disability Or other characteristics Hate speech however is inconsistent with the underlying principle of freedom of, of expression It grossly narrows the scope of allowable speech within de- Within a democratic society due to the ambiguous nature of being demeaned or debased by an opinion. And you could throw in things like jokes and stuff like that as well. Also, would there be a hierarchy of this is this the whole intersectionality stuff? There's going to be a hierarchy of grievances, such as what comes first? If you offend gender or religion, or what that you identify as a rhinoceros, that that's considered your what your <laughs> your gender, your your sexual orientation may be I don't know, you like to dress up as as furries and engage in some fairy foreplay. What is it? like? But then religion's in there. So if you're a Christian, and in reality, there are only two genders. Well, there's only two sexes. Therefore, there's only two genders. And in the beginning, God created man and woman. Saying that's going to offend somebody. And as I mentioned, what about jokes? Who's going to be able to define whether it's a joke? Well, that joke offended me. So what? What's your point? It doesn't matter and so this is a fan I would highly recommend reading this It's if you go to fsu.nz and go to their frequently asked questions very well done, very well written they even have it at the very end and this would be for all these the crybabies out there that, 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 that oh no, I've just offended a bunch of people oh well um, it even says what do you do if you encounter speech that you do not like well consider walking away consider countering their arguments with better arguments of your own. Peacefully explain why they are wrong. Remember that there are laws protecting you from physical harm. Be proud that you are mature enough to listen to someone who you think is wrong and still support their right to be wrong. So there you go. This is the the Free Speech Union in New Zealand. FSU.NZ, if that all sounds good to you, go and check them out. And if you're a New Zealander, consider joining them or possibly donate. just donating to them if that is something that you feel good about but I mean that's what I'm personally considering doing maybe it'll give me a bit more bit more protection as a New Zealand podcaster which if these types of things come in like hate speech laws what does that even mean for for podcasting we're going to be sitting here and just thinking about constantly making sure that we're using the right words it's just as I've said over and over again you control words you control minds and that is exactly what it will be So, I will leave it there for today. Bit of a longer one again, but again, important information that I think that we should all be aware of, and it's probably happening in, if not your country, a country near you, or it's coming to your country very soon. It does seem to be a push all around the world. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Arriving Somewhere with Matt J. Commentary, comedy and conversation. Please remember to like, share, subscribe, comment, and uh, all of that type of fantastic stuff and i will talk to you again next week next week's episodes might be a little bit sporadic because i am off i'm I'm away for a few days so we'll see how that goes but you may hear more from me towards the end of the week but anyway i will talk to you again shortly and hope
1: you are all doing very very well